It's me, Roz Dresfeles, you know, the host of the show. It's me! Hey, um, I'm so excited for today's episode because I am joined by an incredible, just an incredible mind and soul and wonderful writer, author. Please go give yourself a, a Michelle T. Googling and check out all of Michelle's works. Um, we had a really cool conversation today. So without further ado, on with the show. I am honored to be joined by my friend, Michelle T. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm really good. How are you? I haven't seen you? you in a while. I know. You're a busy person. I got a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. Are you writing something? No, you have a book recently. Um, out. I have, uh, my... My book, Against Memoir, is coming out in the UK, so I'm about to go over there on a tour, oh which is really gosh. fun. But I, I do. I have some astrology kids' books that just came out. I'm doing a series. Scorpio just came out. It's called Scorpio in Berry Intense. Whoa. They're, every sign is going to have a their own little kids' book. That is really cool. Mm-hmm, it's really fun. Yeah, I love what you do because you also were like heavily involved in Drag Queen Story Hour. Yeah, I too. created it. That is so cool. <laughs> that is like blown up. I know. It's been one of the great joys of my life to yeah. see it take off everywhere and mean so much to so many people. It's yeah. so special. And if you don't know what we're talking about, it's drag queens reading books to children. It's very simple. Which is how I met you. I know. But I love that. it's so simple yet some people like to make a whole thing out yeah. of it. Yeah. I know there's been protests and, and, and it's been controversial in some places where you kind of would think, I'm like, these are also the places that are burning Harry Potter books, right? In the yeah. town square. So, you know, it's still a bummer. But um, but it's opened a lot of conversations. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think I think it's cool because it's I mean, it, it has caused a lot of controversy, but it's also gotten word out. And people are like, oh, I didn't even know about this thing. Yeah. Now I'm reading like people are protesting this. And this actually sounds like a great thing. I want my kids to read. Totally. And there's been huge counter protests whenever there's yes. been protests. And, you know, it's just and it's librarians are our nation's heroes, which, yeah. you know, if you didn't know that before, they are absolutely the people on the front lines of this and trying to figure out how to do it while um, supporting their communities. And yeah, it's 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 a big story. It's so cool. It is, yeah. Don't you, you do tarot too. I do. I wrote a book called Modern Tarot. Um, okay, so what is that? Is that teaching people how to do tarot? It is. It's like a, I, I wrote it for, to be useful for people who are both beginning at tarot and need it to be a little bit demystified for them and accessible, made accessible. And also for people who have been reading tarot for decades as I have, but need a fresh, modern, contemporary take on the cards. Because I feel like a lot of, you know, tarot instruction books are, they're just kind of dusty and dated. And there's a lot, you know, they're gendered in weird ways, you know, and I just feel like that's not the world that we live in. And so I wanted something that kind of reinterpreted, you know, sticks as close to the tradition as possible. But like, what do these traditions mean today? Today. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, because I think that's some, that's a problem that a lot of people have with like, 
other particular books that it's like things aren't like that anymore so let's put it into context of now yeah that's smart yeah that's great and you know tarot is rooted in you know it's it's very like white european cisgendered heteronormative it's all those things but we're having this beautiful tarot renaissance right now that is none of those things i feel like everyone's doing tarot It's, it's you know tarot readers of color people are designing their own decks and so we just need more tarot literature that reflects like who we are and, and who's reading cards. Something that I'm a little embarrassed about is that I don't like know that much about tarot. Like I've had people do my like read my cards like a million times, mm-hmm. but I don't really like know the spiritual side of it. So what do you believe? Like when you're doing tarot, do do you feel that you're channeling spirits or like that are leading you to leading the cards or how does I mean, that work that's a for really you? interesting way to think of it i mean i think it's entirely possible that it's like a communion between like my spirit guides and the spirit guides of the person i'm reading yeah um i do it's absolutely a communion between me and the person i'm reading and i feel like their openness and my openness and our kind of combined intuition sitting down using this um pictorial tool that's filled with symbols and we sort of um, enliven and activate it through our um, intention you know I feel and it's it's very magical and very mysterious I know that when I have tried to read cards for people who don't believe in tarot the story doesn't come together it's like the weirdest thing I'll throw Ah. the cards and I'll be like I had this really big experience when I was a younger reader and um just starting to read for pay and somebody paid me and then I threw the cards and it just didn't make sense and it was so strange and I I was like I have to give you your money back I just can't read you and they were like I knew it I knew this was bullshit and I was like oh I think it was your vibe like blocked it because usually I can make sense of any cards like sometimes they're trickier than others but they all it always tells a story that's my job as the intuitive storyteller is to see what the story says you know and it's the readers the person I'm reading it's their job just to be open I have a pitch. What if mm-hmm. we combine worlds yes. back again okay. and I learn how to do tarot and we do drag queen tarot hour? Oh my God, I would love it so much. Right? Yes, I would love it so much. I, I recently bought a deck of tarot cards, but I don't know. What and, deck did you get? Um, Just like the the Rider Waite. Yes, the Rider Waite, like the, the classic. That's what I hear. It's like the Made by the Pamela classic. Coleman Smith. It's the one designed to start it. out with. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a, a, a queer woman of color made all that art. Good Pamela for, Coleman I love Smith. That. Yep. Yep. Totally I, cool. Um, yeah, because I'm like, maybe I could do, maybe, maybe I should get into this. Why not? Why not? It's a tool that's available to you. You know, it's one of many tools that are available just to kind of like deepen your connection with yourself and your intuition and with other people. You know, I'm not clairvoyant. I don't throw cards and tell you, you know, you're going to die on this day and get married to this person. Mm -hmm. I just see a sort of snapshot of what's going on with you right now. And there is a little bit of future telling, but it's sort of obvious in this way where it's like, well, you're shaking the table. So if you keep shaking the table, the milk glass is going to fall. And you probably already know that. It's it's that Mm. kind of of future telling. So usually it just gives people clarity and affirms a lot that they already know or suspected. Got it. And I love doing um, problem solving. Like if people have, if they're torn between different avenues or different options or if they're in a crossroads, I love throwing cards for like, what does it look like if you go in that direction? What does it look like if you go in this direction? I find the tarot really helpful for that. 
I like how you say throwing cards. Yeah. That sounds so cool. <laughs> throw in some throwing cards. those cards around. <laughs> Slapping those cards around. <laughs> Wait, let's talk about ghosts. Okay, cool. I love ghosts. Believe in them? I mean, I saw one, so yeah. Okay, yeah. when did you yeah. see a ghost? I saw a ghost. It was pro- it was in the in, in the 90s. It was like probably like 1994. I saw a ghost. Okay. In San Francisco in the Mission District. Well, wow, there's a lot of ghosts. <laughs> on South Van Ness. <laughs> in a, yeah. Yeah, in a loft space that had been a Chinese restaurant previously that a bunch of queers rented and built lofts in, in and were running an art gallery out of the front. And Cool. Yeah, my best friend Heather had a... Um, Heather features prominently in, in my two top supernatural experiences, actually. She was living there and she had everyone lived they built these little tree houses sort of these boxes these wooden boxes that you climbed up into and so when you were inside them they were there there was no light it was really pitch black so I but would, it was inside like yeah. indoor little tree house yeah nooks. it was an indoor tree house in this big where essentially felt like a warehouse and um, you'd climb up the little ladder to get in, and it was really fun. And we were having a slumber party. I was like in my early twenties, and it was me and Heather, and um, the person I was dating at the time, who I'll call Z. And they, um, Z, we were all sleeping over Heather's, and like I said, inside this, you really felt like you were in a box. There was no no light. There wasn't a lot of light in this building anyway, because it was a warehouse. But really, no light came in to this little box, and. We were going to sleep, and I was sleeping in between Heather and Z. And I remember Z had a really bad period and was having terrible cramps and was, like, moaning in their sleep. And I was, like, half awake, half asleep all through the night, kind of rubbing their back and, like, trying to help them out. I remember I woke up at one point during this, and I look over, and there is a glowing person hovering over Heather. Um, hovering. Hovering over, kind of, it was almost like I could see them from the waist up. It was almost like they were sitting in the bed with us. Uh, I only saw them from the waist up. Heather was laying on her back sleeping, and I could see, make out her face by the glow of this um, ghost. It was made of light. It was light. Um, it looked like, an. I couldn't tell if, it looked like either like a, a an androgynous young person. I couldn't tell if it was a boy or a girl Hot. <laughs> <laughs> it had curly dark hair, looked kind of young, but it could also have been older but looked young because it's, you know, how sometimes androgynous people look younger than sure, they are. Sure, yeah. So, um, and it looked like it was hovering over Heather and then it looked at me and I lost my shit. I always thought I wanted to see a ghost until I saw until a ghost. Until it looks at you. Yeah, and then you're like, fuck no, go away. And I was like, in a cartoon, like, like, like rubbing my eyes with my knuckles. Like, am I really seeing this? Like, oh God, I'm going to open my eyes again and it will be gone. And, and this I, is like right next to you. It's right next to me. It's in this little box bed with me. Um, And I open my eyes and it's still there. And I was like, oh my God. And I felt like I saw its lip tremble. And I or something or move, and I was like, "Oh my God! If it speaks, I'm gonna I'm gonna lo- I'll lose my mind. I'm not gonna be able to come back from that. Like, what's its voice gonna sound like?" I was so scared. I was like, "Please go, don't talk to me." And I covered my eyes again, and when I opened it, it was gone. But you know how when you look at a light bulb, it leaves its imprint yes. on your the, the imprint of its figure was on my eyes or in, in the dark, and um. I woke Heather up and I was like, Heather, there was just a ghost over you. And I mean, this is so Heather. She was like, was it a child? 
<laughs> the children always come, you know, and I was like, yeah, maybe it was. And she was like, oh, you know, like totally unfazed, like a very spooky, mystical person with a, you know, born on a full moon in Scorpio, Taurus person and um, went back to sleep. And I was really haunted by it. You know, I was like, I saw a ghost, you know, and um how do you recover from that? Like, I mean, you it just was go really, to sleep. I, or? Yeah, I mean, I was really tired, and I did fall back asleep. Um, and I, you know, I tried to make sense of it later. I was like, maybe, you know, I I later found out that my 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 girlfriend Z actually had a crush on Heather, and the ghost kind of looked a little bit like Z. And I was like, was it really Z astral projecting over Heather? Oh, Is that what I saw? But you know, it it is interesting, and th- and that would be just as cool and supernatural and sort of. You know, yeah. po- po- pointing at, at how mysterious our, this world is and that we don't know anything. Um, but I felt like it was a ghost. And I was so certain of it in the days following. I was telling everybody that wa- looked at me like, I saw a ghost, you know, because <laughs> I've always been interested in the supernatural, but I've never experienced anything supernatural until that happened. Yeah. What so, was it wearing? I felt like it was wearing like a white blouse or like something loose like it it seemed like it was from another era it was a white if it was like you know talking about it like it was a person it was a white person with dark curly hair maybe like a blousey long white long sleeve white shirt they sound cool i I mean really cool yeah totally (laughs) well but what do you think about the outfit i'm wearing today i mean i think you look incredible and if you kind of if i woke up and saw you hovering <laughs> over the bed that i was sleeping in but I, even with this long cape i'm wearing like what do you think <laughs> i like the cape because if there was light shining out of me i mean this is sort of like a disco ball cape situation oh my god is that how you would so describe it, would it? Be, yeah yeah it's yeah it's like so you would be like strobing yeah you would be like a ghost a drag ghost strobe just going up my room. That's my next book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was the first time. But yeah. have you had other experiences? I had another experience that was really incredibly supernatural. It didn't involve a ghost, but it involved other supernatural um, we like experience. all that. And, it, and oddly enough, my friend Heather, again, features prominently. So oh, Heather. my friend Heather, if well, you're listening. She, it sounds like she has, she's a part of, you know, she's very open to that world the way you described when you said that she said, was it a child or whatever? Yeah. So she, maybe she's, she's somebody that is just sort of on that frequency. I and, think so. You know? Yes, definitely. So it would make sense that she's been there for your two paranormal it experiences. D- it does make sense. And it was actually, this happened at a house that I believe was haunted and it was actually her grandparents' house. Mm. And I think it was haunted by them. Where? <laughs> Michigan. That's where I'm from. Oh, really? What part? Oh my, Saginaw? Oh, if, yeah. I I feel like I know that, but I've never been there. Saginaw, Michigan. And it was such a funny time. I'm from time. Dragonaw, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple snaps. Um, this was also in the 90s. It was, I think, like 1995. And I had big summer plans. I was going to go to a, a big like lesbian music festival out in the woods Amazing. with uh, my friend. Carrie, um, who is trans, but it was a little bit before he transitioned. And so we were going to break in to this lesbian music festival. And we did. We hiked in through the woods, me and him and his date at the time, who um, this queer person named Guy. And we, we just had this crazy debaucherous time having snuck into this party 
and being drunk and, you know, no tents and like crashing with other people. And, you know, it was a very wild experience. And we'd been basically dropped off there and had no way home. So we hitchhiked. We knew that our friend Heather, her um, grandparents had recently died and they had a house in Saginaw, Michigan, not too far from where the festival was. And they... Heather's mother was there and she was working on selling, getting ready the house ready to sell. And so the idea was Heather was inheriting her grandparents' car, some big kind of sedan-y grandparent car. Totally. And we were going to hitchhike from the lesbian festival to Heather and then do a road trip back to San Francisco in the grandparent sedan. Total okay. blissful 90s. I'm I'm 23, <laughs> like this is my life experience. So we got a ride to Saginaw. We got picked up by Heather. I don't think I realized how kind of destroyed I was from my week of debauchery on this lesbian land where I was sleeping <laughs> essentially land. on the ground, <laughs> drunk, having sex with people, not really sleeping. And when I got to Heather's, um, I was like, oh, wow, like she, her her mom made us hot food, <laughs> made us like spaghetti and meatballs. And I was like, oh, my God, food like I had I even eaten for the week. Like I was very thin, like my energy was thin. I was very kind of frayed from partying, you know, totally. and been there. Yeah. So we were like, OK, it's we're going to go to sleep. This is great. I'm sleeping in an actual shelter and we were sleeping in the basement. So the basement was one main room, which was empty of everything except a grandfather clock. TikTok and a second room that actually had a little twin bed in it. So I, I told my friend Carrie, oh, you take the bed. I'm just so happy to be sleeping like on a carpet. This feels luxurious. I had my sleeping bag with me still. So I went to sleep and then I basically experienced an entire like, I don't know, nine, 10 hours of sleep paralysis where I was have you ever had this experience? Have you experienced sleep paralysis before? No. I do whatever I can to avoid it. It's really terrifying. It's like you're awake, but you can't move your body. Yeah. So you're conscious. So I was awake and kind of going in and out of dreams and couldn't, but couldn't move my body and started having these really scary dreams that didn't feel like dreams. Like I started feeling like almost like... Something was trying to pull my soul from my body. That's what it felt like. It felt like something was trying really? to take my soul out of my body. And maybe you've had the experience where you feel like you're about to fall asleep and you dream that you like trip and your whole body jolts. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. So I kept having that, but my body wouldn't jolt. So that falling feeling just kept going on Ooh. and on. It was so I it was an it was a so physical and so strange. Um and the one and sc really scary and I tried to think, well, God, maybe you're going to astral project. Like I said, I've been very interested in the mystical arts for my whole life. So I was like, maybe you're having a mystical experience. Don't be scared of it. But it really felt profoundly unsafe. It did not feel safe. And so I kept resisting it. And I kept felt like I was fighting off a force or an energy that was messing with me. What was in those spaghetti and meatballs? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the only thing that kept me comforted through this was knowing that my friend Carrie was in the other room and that upstairs... Heather and her mom were sleeping upstairs, and I kept. But you were all by yourself. I was in this room alone. Yeah, um, but I could hear Heather and her mom walking around upstairs throughout the night, and it okay. was a comfort to hear the, them walking around. Yeah. So this story is a little bit epic. I'm going to try and give you the short version. So no, we like epic. <laughs> um, at some point at dawn, 
the I, the there was some light coming in the windows, but it was still very you know very very early in the morning. I could I finally broke out of the sleep paralysis and I could sit up. I could move my body, and I decided to go in and lay with Carrie. And like the, you're like trying to move. Yeah, this I was whole trying night. to move, and I couldn't move oh, my body. God. It was so scary. And I know people. I think there's a lot of like you know there's that gothic painting of like the cat sitting on or the demon sitting on. Oh, yeah, 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 the nightmare, right? It's yeah. called that. I think that is supposed to be like that people have done writing about that being like that's like it's sleep paralysis. It feels like it makes you feel there's like, the, you know, the occult you know, explanation is it like there's a demon sitting on your chest. The science explanation is that, you know, there's something's happening in your brain and you're you're not processing. Your brain isn't fully processing awake and asleep the way that it should. Yeah, because people often report like seeing demons and right. you know Yeah, or something sitting at the end of their bed or on or on their body. I didn't feel anything on my body and I didn't see anything, but I felt a presence that felt very um, sinister and un, and yeah, malevolent for sure. So I finally was able to pull myself out of it. I went in, I laid down with Carrie. I said, I can't even begin to tell you the evening that I, the night that I've had. I don't even understand it, but I'm. It's been terrifying. And can I sleep in this bed with you? And Carrie's like, Yeah, of course. So I laid down. I remember laying down. I woke up. I fell asleep. I woke up on the floor. I don't remember getting on the floor, but I woke up on the floor, and I woke up. Because I don't know, I had two different moments of waking up and I can't remember which came first. Um, but I will tell you that I was laying on the floor and I had a huge orgasm after this terrifying night of feeling like I was fighting off an evil spirit. Okay. I'm then woken up with a huge orgasm. Wow. It was very unexpected. It yeah. hadn't been a sexual, <laughs> it hadn't felt sexy, you know, like it wasn't like nothing. I mean, and I have a twisted sexuality personally, but it was still nothing about this <laughs> was sexy at all. Yeah. But I, so that woke me up and I was like, oh my God. I mean, it was so disorienting and strange. And I was like, okay. And I went back to sleep. I was like, okay, that happened. I went back to sleep again on the floor. Um, and I had a dream. And in the dream, it was like, imagine like your mind's eye, you're looking at a movie screen. It was like a close up of a person's head kind of from the side or the back. And there he was a black man and he was wearing a hat that sort of looked like a police officer hat, like a uniform cap. And in the dream, he'd been looking to the side and then he turned and he faced me head on and he started talking, There was, but there was no sound. So his lips were moving. He was looking at me, talking to me, and I felt filled with fear, even though there was nothing scary about him at all. There was nothing threatening about him. But I was filled with the sensation that I wasn't supposed to be seeing what I was seeing. And I woke myself up out of the dream. I pulled myself out of the dream as if it was a nightmare and and remained confused about what that was about, too. Yeah. Like, what was that about? Finally, it's like, OK, I can stay awake now. It was like eight in the morning or something. I'm like, I'm getting up. I went upstairs. Heather was awake. I, and I started talking to her. I was like, Heather, I don't even understand what happened. And. You know, I was dabbling as I do in the occult arts. And at the time, I was also a really active alcoholic and a drug addict. And um, and Heather sort of gave me this very stern talking to and told me that her grandparents, whose house we were staying in, were mystics. And they had taught her that if you're going to play with these energies, you have to be grounded and you have to be self-protective and you have to, like, cover yourself in white light and all this stuff. And mm -hmm. so she sort of gave me a scolding. That, you know, I was leaving myself open to energies that were were possibly scary and that were bigger than I realized. And then she also told me 
there was something weird in this house last night. Me and my mom felt it. We were we were in bed together and we could hear something walking around the house and we were afraid to get out of the bed. And I was like, so that wasn't them walking that around. That wasn't them walking around. Oh, I was like, oh, my God, I heard it, too. And, it, and I was so happy that it was you guys because I was so scared. And she's like, it wasn't us. We didn't know what it was. And we were afraid to get out of the bed. And I was like, oh, my God. And then as it turns out in the basement. So there was the room I slept in with the grandfather clock. And then there was the little bedroom that Carrie slept in. And then there was another little room that was like a large closet. And it was filled with old mystical books about channeling and the occult. Wow, they were all into it. They were up in it. And like, who knows what portals were opened in that house and what they had been playing with. But it was really, um, it was very terrifying. And I felt very marked by it. And the story's not over. So we, we get in the sedan and we go on our road trip and we get to New Orleans. And between Michigan and New Orleans, it comes to pass that Heather has a big crush on Carrie. And Carrie... It is not reciprocated. Carrie is not interested in Heather. And Heather gets really like hell hath no fury about it and is a total bitch to Carrie about it. And and I'm in the middle going, oh, my God, like I, these are my two best friends. And why is Heather being so mean to Carrie? I feel really bad for Carrie's not doing anything. They can't help it if they don't like Heather. And by the time we get to um, New Orleans, Heather basically like kicks us out of the car. She's just oh. like over us. And we make plans to meet at a bar called Lucky's where I think they created the hurricane, the drink called the hurricane. Oh, That's really? their claim to fame. <laughs> Lucky's in New Orleans. We make a plan to meet there. And Carrie's really torn up and is like, I can't continue on this trip. Like I have to leave. I've got to go. My date took off to Chicago. I'm going to go and meet up with my date in Chicago. And I I was like, gosh, well, I don't want to go back alone with Heather. Like, this feels really bad. Like, I don't like how they're acting. And I don't like that you feel, you know, run out of this road trip. And now you have to Greyhound by yourself to Chicago. I'll come with you. So we make this plan that we're going to do this. And we have to tell Heather. And we're kind of scared because she's going to be mad. Um, and and we meet up with her that night and she's acting like everything's fine. She comes in all this beautiful finery. She's wearing a turban with a feather in it, meeting us in New Orleans. She got us a hotel room. We're like, what? A hotel? That's so decadent. We were going to like sleep in the car. And then we have to say, we're going to leave this trip. Like it's just the vibes are bad and, you know, it's not working out. So in the morning, I think we just got drunk at Lucky's, crashed for two hours at this hotel room she got. And then she drives us to the Greyhound station in the morning. We buy tickets to Chicago and we're waiting in line. And as we're boarding the bus, the man driving the bus is a black man wearing a little hat that looks sort of like a cop hat, but it's a Greyhound uniform hat. And he turns to me and says, OK, do you have your ticket? And it's the man from my dream. Weird. So weird. And I was like, oh, my God, I... I mean, I, I, I dreamt this. This was always going to happen. This road trip was never going to pan out. We were always going to get on a Greyhound in New Orleans and go off to Chicago without Heather. It was so weird. And what is that? What is it? And it's like for nothing. It's like, do you know what I mean? Not for nothing. I mean, it's a it, it's a glimpse at the mystery of, of life and that there's so much more than we can ever know. And I, I feel so informed by that experience. And at the same time, it's not like I got insight into something that I can work with or you right. know what I mean it's like but I mean maybe you can't like it, it hmm. gives it gives you 
um, it could give you hope that, you know, imagine the possibilities. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. there's clearly something going on in that house yes. from the previous experience. I've thought of that house so many times and want to send them a letter and being like, you're not crazy. You know, like, yeah. like who lives there and who knows like what their experience has you been. You should send them a letter that's just like, I know that you've probably experienced things <laughs> and they'll, they'll freak out. They're like, yeah. Oh my gosh. I know, right? Because I, I have heard of... Um, like a, an experience, um, like the Amityville house. Uh-huh. Like apparently there was some like occult activity that was happening in there before the second family moved oh. in, and so that kind of uh, is believed to do uh, is believed to uh, be some of the reason why some of the real supernatural crazy things wow. were happening around the house. Just that energy yeah. from doing from those um, people practices. Close, yeah, close you your know? portals when you sell your house. Seriously, you know? close just, those portals up. It's just like common courtesy. <laughs> you know, you do you paint, you patch the holes. Yeah, close you the cock portals. up the holes and you cock up the portals. <laughs> Ah, uh, that's see. If I was a realtor, that would be one of my things. I, I mean, like, portals closed. This could you could be an assistant. You could be the spiritual house cleaner. That's that's my new. I mean, I think TV that there's pilot. a real need for this. I really <laughs> do. I mean, I lived in another house that um, was haunted, and also in the mission, <laughs> and it was very. Sc- it was vibes. Nobody ever really saw anything, but you absolutely felt presences in different places. And I heard after I moved out, it's one of those houses that just was home to a generation of like queer ne'er-do-wells. Like if you basically couldn't really function and had a little bit of a pill problem, this was a great place for you to land. The rent was really cheap and everyone was really transient. And I was there for seven years. And when I moved out, there was like a new generation of like kind of like queerdo young people. And I would hear from them through the grapevine that really weird things were happening in that house is haunted. And I, I was like, yeah, it is. It's so wild that... You know, it's not like they moved in and we said, this house is haunted. It's like everyone on their own came to the conclusion um, of seeing weird things and feeling weird things that it's haunted. And then last year, I got a series of text messages from friends who who would visit me and come to parties there that a grisly murder ended up happening in that house. Like, I'm talking chopped up body in a Tupperware in the basement in a Tupperware. In a Tupperware. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's Tupperware TM, but you know, big, <laughs> right. a big, a big plastic container. Yeah. And so it just makes me think, what is the vibe of that place? Like, it's totally unsurprising to hear that something awful ended up happening in that house because the when vi- who knows what happened before, right? Yeah. Some some buildings, some places just have bad energy. I think about the Cecil Hotel downtown. Right. That place has just decade after decade had suicides. Ugh. Murderers have lived there. Yes. People end up in a water tank. Like, oh my it's God. just something about that. And, it, you know, it could, just like with the place that you're describing, it could be because, like, you know, Cecil is by Skid Row. Like, it could attract people that are in some kind of mental state. Who knows? Sure. There's many reasons that you could rationalize why yeah but ultimately it's just it just seems like some kind of vibe and darkness just like i think light you know i yes. think that there's a lot of places that attract a lot of happiness absolutely where there's like bright energy and yeah. and even like ghosts 
without it being like dark energy. Like when I first saw that, when I saw that ghost hovering over Heather, I was terrified because it was a supernatural experience. But there was nothing menacing or scary about that yeah. that entity. You know, it, it seemed like it was made of light and it had a very placid expression and it just didn't seem scary. But I was just scared because I was like, whoa. Well, yeah. A, whoa, a ghost. That's the thing that I always say, even if it's a human, just <laughs> like if you just saw a random human you've never seen in your life hovering over your friend right next to you, <laughs> or not even hovering just like in the bed with you you'd be like this is weird yeah totally but then you add the element that you blink and they disappear that's creepy yes i don't care if it's a nice happy hi i'm just here to be friends no that's creepy (gasps) yes right around that time also actually it wasn't around that time it was some years later i i didn't see a ghost but apparently i was in a bed with another ghost oh my god i I love these situations you just have such a cool fun life (laughs) and this was at the madonna inn Really? There's yes. ghosts at the Madonna I mean, Inn? I was in the Madonna Inn. Listeners, I, I, if you've never Googled or been to oh the man. Madonna Inn, it's just uh, pure eye candy. It's incredible. And I was staying in a room, I think it was called Just Heaven, in case you want to see if you can find this ghost. And I was staying there with um, my partner at the time. We had just gotten fake queer married because, you know, it wasn't legal. And we just like went to my friend's house who was a witch and she married us with like a cake <laughs> from Safeway and charged us $19 and put glitter on my head. And we went off to our honeymoon at at the um, at the Madonna Inn, and we were gonna, we were really tired, and because we had a party lifestyle at the time, and we were gonna take a nap and wake up and do ecstasy, because of course you want to do ecstasy at the Madonna Inn. Um, oh my god! We had like you know gold golden cherubs hanging above our bed and stuff. So we went to bed, but then I just couldn't wake up. I was so tired, so I slept through my ecstasy plans. But at one point, um, my my new spouse turned over and looked at me. And was like, oh, you're awake. You want, you know, do you want to drop some E? And then realized that what they were looking at wasn't me, but a ghost that looked like me. And I was sort of asleep behind the ghost. And the ghost was sort of laying between us. Oh, wow. Yeah. And looking at us. Huh? It's like room for one more. (laughs) Yeah. See, okay. Now, I know that people will listen, and I've had this happen before, where we tell stories, mm-hmm. we're partying, we're doing drugs, yeah. and a ghost experience happens. Yeah. So naturally, naturally, people are like, you know, maybe it was the drugs. Sure. But I, I do believe, and I'm a recovering drug, alcohol person, uh-huh. I believe that spiritual experiences don't always happen when you're on drugs. I mean, all drugs are different, but like seeing a ghost is like, <laughs> that's not something that happens every time you do drugs. Hell like, no. I think that there's something that goes on with your um, your perception, your, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you're, you're able to open yourself up to, in a different realm, I think sometimes. You know, your, your spiritual body is operating at a different frequency yes. and it brings in different energies. So maybe, yes, the drugs are the thing that opened it yeah. but like I don't think that it's like you're crazy and you're just seeing things like I right. think that it really truly can open up experiences oh I think so too and I think that's why people a lot of people go towards drugs or feel drawn towards drugs is because you want to sort of you know thin the veil between what we know and what we don't know and you're looking for that sort of knowledge um, but you know you can't control it when you're on it's not like a real 
fact-finding mission when you're just getting wasted wasted no, all the yeah, time, yeah. you know? Definitely. But, but I think that also there's something about how when you are an active addict, because I'm, I'm a sober drug addict, um, and when you're not sober and you're in your addictions and you're in your, your alcoholism, you're kind of wearing yourself down in this interesting way and leaving yourself, I think, very unprotected and sort of vulnerable to things that you don't even know that you're vulnerable towards. Well, you know what's funny is that, so, okay, when people get drunk it's very common for people to kind of joke about like oh it's like you're a little kid you know you uh-huh. you pee on yourself you can't walk straight <laughs> like you're just like a little kid you're dumb like whatever <laughs> but we also say that li- that children are the ones that have you know a thin veil when it comes to yeah. the spiritual realm yeah you know so maybe there's a connection yeah. there maybe you literally are you know turning that front brain off that is rationalizing things and it can open up experiences to the spiritual realm. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, I don't encourage, you know, reckless drug use, but um, I think that uh, I think that we can rationalize it. And I, I, I think that I don't know. I I like to turn off the like, let's point fingers at like, oh, you're on drugs. So you're just crazy. Like, no, I think I think it's, I think there's a little bit of merit to it. I think so, too. When people talk about these spiritual experiences. Yeah, because it's not like during the, those times I was the walls were melting and all these other weird things. were. It's like I was completely yeah. in touch with reality. And then I'm seeing this very specific thing that I'm seeing, you know, yeah. Um and, and and when I saw the ghost that was hovering over Heather, I w- I hadn't been drinking or anything, and I wasn't in a state where, you know, I would I'm coming off a bender and and I'm, my sort of psychic immune system, if you will, is low. Like that's I was, good. I like that. I've right? never heard that. Yeah, I think there's something like that. I think we have psychic immune systems, and Definitely. I think they're they're related to our spiritual and physical and mental health. You know. Um, but you know the other times, sure, yeah, I was my my psychic immune system was compromised. So is that a thing, or did you make that up? I think I just made it up. You should be a writer. Damn, thanks. You I should am. write books and stuff. <laughs> Do you want to hear some ghost voices? Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. Because okay. I was so scared that that one ghost would talk to me, but now this feels like a now safe space to hear to hear a, a ghost talk. <laughs> well, we're going to see for ourselves. It's time for EVPs or EV please. Do you know what EVP is? No. Okay. <laughs> EVP. It's electronic voice phenomenon. Okay. It's when ghost hunters capture a ghost speaking. Okay. And I like to play EVPs or EV please. So I go to YouTube, I find EVPs, and I don't doubt that these people have caught a ghost speaking, but sometimes it's an EV please. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's up to them to decide what they believe this ghost is saying. So I want you to guess what this ghost hunter believes this guest is saying. Okay. This ghost is saying. Okay. Okay. So this came, I found this on YouTube. It came from Joseph Fontaine and he found it at the Woodlawn Cemetery in Attleboro, Massachusetts. What? Are you serious? Yeah. The Woodlawn Cemetery? Yeah. That's where my grandmother is buried. Oh, wow. That's wild. I'm from Massachusetts. I saw that on your Wikipedia. Oh, my God. Um, okay. Whoa. And my it, grandfather. My grandmother and my grandfather are buried there. Is this, like, too personal? No, no. I love it. Oh, okay. I love it. I'm so into it. Yeah. Okay. Here is... What do you think this ghost says? I'll call my 
I think he's saying like tackle or tickle. Tackle me or tender. It definitely sounds like a human. Yeah. Tackle me or tender. Tackle me. It sounds like it's like on a like a sex chat line or something. <laughs> like what is really tackle me, <laughs> tickle me, tackle me, tickle me. I mean, maybe somebody <laughs> that worked in a sex chat line is buried there. Okay, here's some options. Okay. Talk with me again. I'm gonna say them all like a sex, <laughs> like you're chat, in a sex chat line. <laughs> is it that's A. Is it B Taco El Carbon? <laughs> C Charo's Instagram. Have you seen Charo's Instagram? Charo is so good on Instagram. I'm telling you, I highly endorse Charo's Instagram presence. I'm really excited to follow Charo Please. today on Instagram. Or D, chocolate is good. Maybe they like chocolate. Okay, let's hear it again. I guess it's talk to me again. Yeah, they yeah. said it was talk with me again. Talk with me again. I think I was thinking, or it's Tackle it. Me Again. Tackle Me Again. Yeah, one or the other. Ooh. Okay, here's another one. Okay. This was from the same person, um, Joseph Fontaine. And this is at a, he just left it at, it's a private case in somewhere in Massachusetts. Okay. It's a real deep voice. Yeah. Racist woman. Racist woman? Oh, I can hear that. <laughs> can you? Racist woman. Oh, oh I hope how not. How creepy. Okay, is it A, grapefruit scones? <laughs> B, thank you, bro. <laughs> C, breaking bones. Ooh. Or D, bloop, bloop. I think it's racist bones. I think it's racist woman, but my second choice would be breaking bones. Yeah, breaking bones. I wish it was grapefruit scones because that's preferable to both of those things. Grapefruit scones. Yeah, I guess breaking bones. I mean, I don't really know what the ghost. Oh, God. Now I'm thinking about a ghost with broken bones. Oh, God. Um, Go into the light. I know. Go into the light. Michelle, that's it. Oh my gosh, this was really fun. I love getting to tell these stories. I know. To these someone are some who cool believes. Ones. Oh, you <laughs> are totally in a safe space. And the people that listen to this fully are on board with everything you have to say. That's cool. And, it, you know, I'm down with skeptics too. I, I, I get it. I get it. Sometimes I, get I hear it. Too. Th- I, I'm a believer, but then, you know, sometimes I hear things and for some reason I'm just like, nope, don't believe it. Yeah. I don't know why. Some things just hit me as fraudulent yeah even though i do believe in the larger sense yeah well i mean you work with drag queens so (laughs) you can tell what's real and what's not (laughs) um but yeah i um i i get that and that's why i like to kind of be a devil's advocate at times Mm -hmm. and sort of be like like with the drug thing where i'm like listen i can see both sides yeah totally totally let's think about this Mm -hmm. i like to you know evoke thoughts Mm -hmm. cool Yeah. Evoking thoughts. Um, I will say that my uh, psychic immune system feels like it is 
um, in tip top shape now, thanks to you being well, here. Well, that's great. And it sounds like then it's a great time for you to start, you know, learning how tarot. to perfect the tarot. Drag queen tarot, yeah. or I'm going to yeah. throw cards at people. Do it. Slap those cards off the table. So, what's going on? You're going to go to UK. Where else can people find you? Um, I'm going to be on the East Coast this month doing some events for um, the Astro Baby Books at the Brooklyn Book Festival. Um, I'm Astro always. Astro Baby a, Books, it's so cool. It's really fun. It's really, really fun. Um, and I'll be. Um, you can always find me on the internet. Uh, I'm revamping my website, michelletmagic.com, and you can find me there for tarot readings and tarot instruction and writing workshops. So, you don't do like sleight of hand magic? Or... Not yet, but What's I do have a four-year-old who's very into that. So really? I could be expanding my repertoire. Yes. Oh my gosh, I yes. went to the Magic Castle recently. <gasps> I'm so jealous. I've always wanted to go there. I want to go oh. back so bad because oh that's gosh. haunted, they say. Of course it is. How could it not be? Oh my gosh. What a like treasure of Los Angeles. I, totally. It's I'm, so cool that we have that there. Yes. If anyone's listening, please invite me to come to the Magic Castle. It's, totally. I really want to go. I know you need to be like invited. I know. Like, I'm like, who do I need to blow in this town? <laughs> To get an invite to the magic castle. See, I like magic, but my problem with magic is I get so frustrated. And, like, I would literally go go to the bank, like, take a loan out for a couple <laughs> million dollars so you can tell me how you did that. Like, you need to know. I have to know. Because oh. I know that it's, like, not real. Or me, I'll just be like, well, then you're a witch. Or, like, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know how you did that. But... It's real. Like, it drives me crazy. Oh, my gosh. I think I would just enjoy the spectacle and the not knowing uh, I can't. of it. I think I could get into it for sure. Not me. I'm just, <laughs> it's so frustrating to me. <laughs> anyway, you're the best. Thanks. So are you. Thanks for having me. Yay. Bye. Well, how about that? Michelle T. One of the things I'm thinking about for sure is the live show, Ghosted Live. There are still some tickets left. It is October 19th at the Cavern Club Theater at at uh, Casita del Campo, which is in Silver Lake, Los Angeles, California. And the show's at 8 p.m. You can get tickets in my Instagram bio or by going to cavernclubtheater.com. I would love to see you there. I'd also love to see you this weekend, this Saturday. I am at the world-famous Hollywood Improv for the return of my comedy game show with my best friend and former podcast guest, Sam Pancake. The show is called The Once Over. It is at 9 p.m. You can get tickets at hollywood.improv.com. And on Sunday, I am finally starting the Oxnard version of Ross's bubbly, Dragtastic Bubbly Brunch, which is in Oxnard, California, Ventura County area. And I would love to see you there. It's going to be so much fun. And find me on Cameo at Ross Dresvelas, Instagram, Facebook. Join the Facebook group. The Facebook group is Ghosted by Roz Dressvelas, where you can leave me real life ghost stories. And I'm so excited because I am going to do some phone calls very soon with some guests or for some listeners of the show are going to become guests of the show. So we're going to do some phone interviews and see what, see what happens. And hopefully soon we can release that as an episode of just our lovely booze that listen to this show. So can't wait. Lots of exciting things coming. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye!
Scarpins Audio, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.